this episode, Mike Hogan drops in to uh, you know, give us the Argos' chances of this final group. Pretty good. Uh, we like coming out of the gas and coming out of Kazakhstan this week. Crack those cold ones. It's the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friends in the neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. I'm Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the various social media machines. And, uh, oh, our, our resident historian who's normally with us has put himself on the one game injured list this week um, because he needs to rest up for the game. So he's taking the night off. He's not well right now, but he was hoping to be 100 percent or at least enough to go by game time. Uh, that would be Will Gertler, uh, MBA. Um, and uh, you can find him at ArgoFans uh, and ArgoFans.com. The message board for uh, great Argo fans alike. Oh, but you know who is back? From the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballot. Second of his name. Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. <laughs> That's right. Did you guys miss me? Oh, I'm sorry, did you miss me, Clay? Because I know Will isn't here. <laughs> I miss uh. doing that intro. I like doing that intro. <laughs> see, see, that's the cool part about me take me having to do it do like every two weeks because you could build it up, and then when I come back, you can really give her. You know what well, I mean? That's your, your that's your cue. You got to finish your intro, man. Oh, I know. Anyway, you can find me on on the on Twitter, maybe not for much longer at Doug B five one nine. You can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we on we also have a uh, merchandise store available, including the league leader in passing yards this season, the Law Firm T-shirt from McLeod Bethel Thompson. The Law Firm T-shirt, DoubleBlueOrder.ca. <laughs> Should be the East nominee for most outstanding uh, offensive player, but you know, Gina Lewis was, did did okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because well, he's Gina Lewis. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? The Argos didn't play last week because you know we finished first, so we got the bye. Um. So you know what? I mean, we, we're glad that Hamilton lost. And uh, I am glad that Calgary lost, although BC scares the crap out of me. And uh, Montreal looks a little bit more dangerous than Hamilton did anyway. But you know, so I, I wanted it for the comedy, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did boy, did Hamilton fans deliver. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, all oh, like the Box J boys were so fucking salty. <laughs> it's like you know what i i wanted to pile on but i'm like you know what the fact that the fact that well yeah i i just couldn't i it it, it would be like kicking a puppy you know it's like i can't i can't do it well okay you know what the, the other thing that that happened today um and it drove me nuts 
Okay. Um, Brandon Banks tweeted out playoff, playoff speedy B dot, dot, dot activated. And then Jack Krause uh, mentioned your two punt returns against Montreal will be one of the greatest, great performances in playoffs I have ever seen. Good luck on Sunday. I had to agree with Ticats fan because on Sunday when he has two punt returns for touchdowns, it's going to be fantastic. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's going to be spectacular. So, you know, it kind of ruins some of that, but you know, the fact that I got to agree with a, a Ticats fan, it's, I know it's somewhat, little, it's somewhat little, disconcerting, but yeah, the fact yeah. that this Ticats fan is at least has some rooting interest in uh, in Toronto beating Hamilton or beating, sorry, we always do that. Um, in, in Toronto beating Montreal is a great thing, absolute great thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's... rather see. Normally, at this point, we're we're going to start talking about previous games. We don't have that. And normally we do a very quick, loose preview of the next game. But you know what? This this game on on Sunday is important, obviously, because it's going to be our birth into the Grey Cup. Uh, so we need a little bit more professionalism, I guess, kind of. Hold on. What? When? When did this come about? I I didn't I didn't get the memo on professionalism. I mean, like. Well, see that. See. If, I mean, it's you and me. Will's usually the the more professional, the three of us. So Will not being here, we need to kind of bring in a little bit of a voice of reason. Um, I mentioned off the top, we're going to be bringing on Mike Hogan from Argonauts.ca, or the Argos play-by-play man. And uh, well, you're, we brought you on to bring a little bit more professionalism to our preview. Of the the Eastern, <laughs> Eastern final. Boy, did you get the wrong guy? <laughs> um, well, I mean, right off the bat, this Argo team is looking a lot healthier than they have in a long time. Isn't it nice? I I talked to our assistant GM Vince Magri this week, and I asked him because I thought I heard him in passing say a number, and I thought it was ridiculously high. The Argos this year missed a grand total of 304 man games to injury, 16 and a half, almost 17 per game on the injured list. Oh, jeez. And finished in first place. 17 wow. per, that's an average. I remember one game in Hamilton, I think, uh, I think we had 22 guys on the injured list. And it was, uh, it was like, this is, this is not normal. And still we were able to find a way to get under the salary cap because we had to put guys on six games and leave a couple guys on six games that were probably eligible to come off early, but we needed the cap relief. So, um, they've done a masterful job and for pinball and Vince and Alex Russell, and, uh, of course, Jim Barker, uh, for those guys to have done the job that they have done creating the depth on this team. And being able to do so and still stay under the salary cap is just—I don't know how the hell they did it. This is this is such a good team from top to bottom. 
Yeah, and then and then you know we're still looking at this injury report too, and we're seeing you know all these these guys healthy. Andrew Harris, shocking. Um, mm-hmm. I you didn't necessarily expect him back, although you probably have to shoot him to keep him off the field. Um, <laughs> Winton McManus is showing up as limited in practice. Yeah, yeah. Andrew was Andrew was a surprise. Um, you know, I remember him putting out his message on Instagram and on Twitter saying. You know, I'm sorry, I'm done for the year. I wish it didn't turn out this way. I'm looking forward to next year. And, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie confirmed that Andrew was gone for the year. And Andrew's that guy. He tried a couple of different things, uh, one of which was blood spinning, where they where they take they separate the plasma from the platelets and re-inject it back into the body. Uh, so you're basically creating a, you know, using your own blood to to, to speed up the healing process. And it worked. You know, whether that was the main reason or just, you know, he got lucky and has that kind of body that's going to respond to surgery. But, you know, uh, whatever work worked and he started getting range of motion back. And, you know, there was that carrot at the end. Maybe I'll be ready for Grey Cup and he's ready a week before Grey Cup. So um, it looks like he got shot out of a cannon at practice. Like he's, (laughs) he's running full speed. Um, like he's so happy to be back on the field and yeah, Winton McManus fingers are crossed, right? I mean, uh, Jonathan Jones has played really well, uh, in his stead, uh, just ask Montreal, uh, who remembers <laughs> that interception down in the red zone also well. Uh, but he's had some massive hits. He had a big sack against Edmonton in the last couple of minutes to, uh, to help seal that game. And he's been dynamite on special teams. So if Winton can't go, uh, they're in pretty good hands with with jj but man if you get back the guy who before his injury was in my opinion not only the best defensive player in the cfl but i think you can make the argument especially when work got hurt that went mcmanus may have been the best player at his position of any player at their position in the cfl he was that good this year oh from what i saw absolutely absolutely but hang on let's go back a second here blood spinning that sounds like something that's something that, that that's something that i would hear out of like a horror movie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't get honest. the whole concept. He, he, he. I've, heard, I heard it before. Like, I guess track athletes would do that, right? And or guys who were were, were nursing an injury, and you know, guys will do the the hyperbaric chamber, or there are just so many ways of trying to get the body to help heal itself more rapidly. And this is one that that he tried, and it worked. So, you know good for Andrew Harris and good for his doctors and whoever came up with that concept. But I didn't, I had heard it, but when, when he told me that when, when, when he kind of gave the thumbs up that he was going to go back to practice, um, there were no, there's no media there that day. So I said, I better write this story and, uh, <laughs> talk to him. And he, he talked about blood spinning and I went, what the hell is blood spinning? So I just, I went in and looked at it and I thought it's, it's, I don't know how they do it. Like, you know, grade 10 science were four of the worst years of my life. But you know, for 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 you know, for a novice like me, I, I don't understand the concept, but I think I understand how it works, and it, it, it's fascinating to me. I, I don't understand it, but um, apparently, it, it, they've gotten results, and not just with Andrew Harris, obviously, with with hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people beforehand. But um, yeah, it's whatever he did worked. That's true. That might be a you know the more and more we hear about that, that might be something that's, I mean, coming out of, uh, you said track, a- track athletes do it, do it a lot. 
sounds like something that uh, might filter over and do uh, other sports now. Well, you would think guys in contact sports, when you have that kind of injury where it's a tear uh, for hockey players or for, you know, basketball players or like whatever athlete or even in, uh, in everyday life. I mean, if you're a construction worker and, and you get injured on the job um, and tear something, if you can use your own blood to help uh, speed up the healing process so you can get back on the job, um, why, why wouldn't you? Now going back to this, the the game on on Sunday because we haven't even really talked about that. We just talked about who's back at practice. Yeah. Um, from in your your view, what does this Argos offense need to do uh, that maybe they haven't done against Montreal yet this year to win? Make sure you fall, make sure, and I'll, I know this is going to bring back memories from a year ago that we don't want to talk about. But just finish drives with sevens. Um, like with, with the game in Montreal, uh, not the last game that didn't mean anything, but the one where the Argos clinched, you know, home field in the in the East. Um, look at the drives. I mean, there was the, the after after the goal line stand, there was a 109 yard drive for a touchdown. You know, chef's uh, kiss. Wow, that was beautiful. And then later in the game, when they needed the touchdown to go ahead, they went down and scored a touchdown. It was capped off by the Kelly run. And it was a great drive. And then the one that doesn't get talked about, because everybody's talking about the the, the rouge at the end of the game, Mac moved them down the field, what, 35 yards and 25 seconds? Perfect throw to Gittins on the out. Like, it couldn't have put that ball in a better spot. Curly gets out of bounds. Then, Mac goes back. First guy is done. Knows he has to get rid of the ball in a hurry. Check down to A.J. Olette. Another first down. And then, a dart. And I don't know how many quarterbacks in the CFL can make the pass that he did to Devaris Daniels to set up the field goal attempt. But when you look at those three three passes plus the two long drives, you know, you're not going to do that every drive against Montreal because, you know, their their players get paid too. Um, and they've got some good ones. But if you can put together three or four of those drives, uh, even if it doesn't finish off with, with, with all sevens, uh, but if you, can, if you can be very, very efficient with your time of possession and finish off with points, uh, boy, that would, that's, that's a home run. And just getting up early and letting what is going to be a very big, loud, noisy, fun crowd at BMO Field on Sunday get into it and make things difficult for Trevor Harrison company, that's, uh, that's a godsend. Uh, let's talk about this crowd, too, that we got coming. I mean, we've all been kind of, you know, looking at the at Ticketmaster to see how many uh, seats are left. And so some of, hold on before that some of us actually going through and counting the individual dots. I know there, I know there's at least a couple of people who've been doing that. <laughs> yeah. There's there. I don't know why they do. I, I, I I'm just, I, I work here, right. Um, the, they don't make all of the inventory available at the same time. I don't know why I'm not working. I don't work in ticketing. I just know literally before I got on the phone with, with you guys tonight, I was just talking with uh, one of the big bosses uh, who told me that they had just put another, I don't know, 500 or a thousand tickets up. So, um, because the inventory that we had up there was virtually gone. So tickets are selling really well as we do this, this interview and there's still time 
to uh, to sell some more and for Argo fans to buy some more. Argonauts.ca, go to tickets. Go to Ticketmaster. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be fun, and and the bigger the crowd, the better. Obviously, I mean, this is this is what we want to see. You guys are diehards. I'm a diehard before I'm an employee, right? Like I want to see this this I've, since I moved to even before I moved to Toronto, I want to see the building full, and we're going in the right direction. And I think with a big crowd having a ball, showing perhaps some first timers or people who haven't been to the game in, in quite a while, showing how much fun the guys like us have at a game and getting it in their brain that we should do this again next year or the people who have gone to three or four, maybe we should invest in season tickets uh, because what we do, you know, is, is a lot of fun and people enjoy it. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be able to show our game off to, you know, 20,000 plus fans on Sunday. Well, even the, the last game against Montreal, we had, there was a ton of kids there for their first yeah. game. You saw a ton of them walking around with those little little papers, you know, my first Argo game. We even had one yeah. one guy was sitting one row in front of, front of us in the in one sixteen, so we made sure that he had the full end zone experience. Grabbed him a flag, made sure that him nice. and his uncle had had a nice flag, and nice. you, know, you know encouraged them to make as much noise as possible when the when Montreal had the ball, and he seemed to have a ball out there they asked him if you're coming back he's like i want to and his uncle's we may see you next game so i I think i love hearing stuff like that you know it's it it was nice i'll tell you i'll tell you another i'll tell you another so this is this is another kind of along those lines and how you know we cut it we've got to make sure that the next generation that when you know uh, when i started the first game i vividly remember watching the argos play was a, a sad one it was the 71 gray cup um, I'm watching that on TV. I was, I was eight years old, right? Eight. Yeah. Eight. And, um, you know, I, I, I was hooked. Like I, I was one of those guys that was an easy catch cause I love all sports. And really when I started to play football in high school, the, 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 the blinders really came off and it's like, Oh, this is what the hell's going on. There's more to it than just, you know, fast guys running down the field. And, um, I had a conversation with one guy who was kind of on the fence about renewing his season tickets. This was pre COVID. And, uh, I said, look, if you guys re up, they had four seasons. I said, I'll, I'll get you on the field before a game. I go to take you down, bring your kids. Said, okay. We were finally able to do that a couple of weeks ago. And the kids came down and it was for the Montreal game where Mac wasn't playing, where, where Chad was playing. And I just happened to bring them there. And Mac was down on the field. And I said, Mac, come and meet these guys. It was way, it was like two and a half, hours before two hours before the game whatever so matt came over grabs a ball the two kids are like i don't know five and seven ish four and six matt takes them out on the field and starts playing catch with them like you imagine if you're a kid if you're a kid and that's happening and like the parents are just jaw dropping going i can't believe this is happening and i'm there just i can't believe these kids are playing catch with our starting quarterback not today our starter but our usual starter and and the the father says, if if, if you don't think these kids are now fans for life, <laughs> and sometimes this, that's what it takes, right? I mean, it, that that was just an extreme fluke. But I mean, doing that for the kids in the end zone with the flags. I mean, what kid doesn't want to go and scream his head off and watch a team win a football game and oh a flag and look at these cool uniforms? I mean, that's what that's what it takes. And you know, I get a little frustrated when people say. 
oh, the articles don't market, MLC don't market. What we're doing is we're trying, we're, we're targeting groups and we're targeting people who already have an interest in the game who might not be interested in our brand. And we're developing relationships with youth flag football, with adult flag football, with youth football, with high school football, um, with, 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 you know, uh, just any kind of young group playing football, men, women, you know, we, we want to bring them in and that's where we're targeting. And if you go to a game, you guys do, you see around the stadium that there are a lot more young guys and young girls, and there are guys and girls who go out wearing their team colors. And if you go watch a Toronto flag football league game right now, you're going to see the team in the green t-shirts play the team in the red t-shirts and everybody on that field and everybody in that league has a giant Argo crest on their, on the t-shirt. And we want to get people who are prone to watching football interested in our game first, where they can go, Oh, the TV, you know, this is great. I love watching NFL games, but I don't live close enough unless I want to go to a bills game to go to a game, but I can go, grab the TTC and I can be, or the go train, I can be at that exhibition stadium or uh, down an exhibition place to, to watch the game at BMO field. And excuse me, that's what we've got to do. And I, I think we're doing a pretty good job. And I think if you look at the, the, the way things are turning in terms of the age of our demo, uh, I think you see we're doing a pretty good job. So I know that's a long answer to a very short <laughs> statement, uh, but um, I just, I'm pretty passionate about this as you guys know. And I think, I see a light at the end of the tunnel and I think it's, it's getting brighter and brighter and it's going to be brighter next year. Well, I think the, I mean, right now the, the people we've got going to games are honestly, I, I may be biased, but some of the loudest in the CFL. I mean, when you can, let's put it this way. The last game we were at when we had a, a lot of the, the second teamers, teamers in and we had veterans sitting out and you know you had uh, approximately 16,000 or something like that at the last game mm-hmm. I also went to the Detroit Lions Miami Dolphins game the next day oh cool in in a sold out Ford field in a I dome. did not in a dome I did not think Ford field was as loud as BMO field Anecdotally, um, I sit up top, right? When we do the play by play, we're right underneath that roof that catches the sound. (laughs) You guys sit low. You have no idea how loud it is up there. And there, there are games where there might not be a lot of people in the section in front of me, but it's still loud. Like it, it astonishes me how many people on the West side, all things considered make that much noise. Um, I can understand why Hamilton fans that they must be pumping in, in noise because they can't be that loud. Like I get it because it is kind of odd. I can get, I guarantee you we're not doing that uh, because whoever would be on the button would have to be unbelievable at doing the right cheer at the right time at the right level and not putting up a boo pressing the boo button instead of the cheer button um <laughs> yeah you, yeah you we, better just got, we just got we just got dynamite fans as you guys know we just need more of us and we're going in the right direction yeah yeah you better hope that the that the uh, producers behind millie vanilli aren't aren't on the control panel right <laughs> <laughs> and blame it on the tight guys <laughs> 
I always do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, for, I mean, we're we're obviously picking an Argos win. I would love to pull out of you what you think a final score in this game is going to be. I I'm terrible at this. <laughs> like I really like I'll I'll look at I'll no I mean I look at a game I'll go okay this will be pretty close um I think it's going to be low scoring I'll go like 1916 and the score will be 48 to 47 and then I'll look at a game and I'll go oh man this one I can really see them opening it up I this one should be like 38 32 and it's like you know 5 2 after 3 quarters um but I I just I just don't have an eye. I I can almost guarantee this will be a fairly close game, at least through three quarters. Um, you know, I hope we pull away at some point, but it would it would pleasantly surprise me, put it that way, because I, I do think Montreal's got a hell of a team. And there are some areas where I thought we matched up better with them than Hamilton. There were some areas where I thought we matched up better with Hamilton than Montreal. Um, and they've got some playmakers, man. They've got they've got a three-headed running back now uh, that's, that's pretty intimidating. But, hey, we've got one of those as well. And, uh, you know, they've got one of the best receivers in the league, but you know what? We got two of the best receivers in the league and probably more than that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a really interesting matchup, uh, in Mac we trust and, uh, in that defense we trust. And uh, I think if it comes down to, if it comes down to it, I think our guys will create more turnovers and, and usually in a football game that helps and, you know, we have the best air force in the in the in the country uh, in terms of picking off the ball. What do we have? 20, 28, 29, something like that. Twenty seven in the season, and uh, far and away the best in the CFL. And you know, release the hounds on Sunday, and hopefully they can get to Trevor a couple of times. All right, Mike. We want to thank you very much for joining joining us and talking a little bit about the uh, the East final and. A lot about how great these Argo fans are. Oh, there, and uh, we just need more. And Argonus.ca, come down, bring a friend, like expose them. I got, I, I've talked four of my buddies from Kingston into coming down for the game. So I, I mean, they've all been to games before. They want to do it as a group, and they've been down to a couple games this year. But they, they're just just keyed up, and you know, people say, oh, it's hard. so it, it's hard to get down to the stadium, and at times it can be. But there are we've got season ticket holders in Belleville and Picton and Kingston and uh, you know and, and, got, Kitchener. Uh, uh, got, and <laughs> Kitchener and from all directions. But you know what I mean, like yeah, people who make an effort. We had a guy uh, a few years ago from Pittsburgh. He drove in from Pennsylvania every game for the Argos. Like think about that. Wait, what? That's one he hell was of a season drive. ticket holder in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. That's see how many Argo, see. how many people in how many Steelers fans in Toronto go down to Pittsburgh. And think, oh, I'm going to go to the Steelers, and they don't think anything of it, even though it's what probably six hours, five hours. Something I drive like down to Philly for a game, right? They'll go down nine hours down to Philadelphia for a game. Um, but this guy loved the CFL, and I don't know if he came to every game, but most of them, he had seasons, and he lived in Pittsburgh. That's 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 a story you don't hear about out of many markets outside of Saskatchewan. Yeah, so I mean, if you're uh, Oh, I get great story there. <laughs> Pete Martin and I are sitting at the hotel Saskatchewan when we call the games together. And Pete is a guy that will talk to anybody. 
and always wanted to get to know the people who are so we were in the it was after a game or even the night before watching if it was like a saturday game in regina we were watching the game from the hotel sask bar at uh on friday night the friday night football game if he starts talking to the people next to us at the next table turns out they came to two or three games a year in regina and they live in grand prairie alberta <laughs> and they drive Grand Prairie makes Edmonton look like it's in the Caribbean. It's so far north. <laughs> um, so they would make that drive to Regina a couple times a year, two, three times a year. And, you know, that's the, that's the passion. And I, I, I think that, you know, for years it's been frustrating in Toronto because people always seem to have an excuse to not go to an Argo game. And I kind of, I kind of chuckle on here. Well, I live in, in Richmond Hill. It's tough to get to a game. <laughs> we did. Take lease tickets? Would you be able to find a game uh, your way down oh, to a Raptor game? Oh yeah, um, exactly. So, so exactly. It's it, it's it's just an excuse to not go. And I think in this market, like, you know, like, I get sick of everybody gets sick of driving. Everybody gets sick of commuting. I live in Whitby. Um, I'm either go training or driving every day. I get sick of it. But hey, I love what I do for a living. I'm lucky that way, and I love where I live. So um, you kind of get used to it. So I think anybody who commutes at all, while they get sick of it you can't use it's tough to get to the stadium as an excuse because you're used to driving to downtown Toronto. Uh, can it be a pain in the ass? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But it is what it is. We deal with it. And, uh, I just, I, I, I just hope fans realize when they think about that commitment to come down to a game, I'm coming down for, I'm coming in from Oshawa. Well, it could be worse. You could be coming in from Kingston or, or Picton. Yep. We're Kitchener. So, <laughs> that, stre- that stretch of the 401 in Milton, it's awful uh, all the time. Oh, oh, it is, oh yeah. Like, like I'm not, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking between the sixes. I'm not talking between the sixes. I'm talking about beyond that. I mean, between the sixes is one thing, but once you get be, once yeah. you get beyond Guelph Line, it's like, oh god, here we go. Better get my foot I, uh, on here. Better ride the brake now. The, pre- the premium outlet mall really puts a damper on on traffic through there. In 2021, I commuted every day to Guelph for training camp from Whitby. Wow. Yeah. There were a couple of days I made the drive through Orangeville because it was just. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> blame you I'm there. I'm not doing the 401. I'm not doing the 401. Uh-uh, I'm going north. <laughs> I don't blame you there. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I wisened up. I stayed, at, I stayed on campus this year. <laughs> You know what? We f- I forgot to ask you. Um, so oh, last right. week you had uh, our friend Ben Grant on uh, as as your color man. Oh yes. I'm not um, familiar with his work. <laughs> <laughs> um, who who do you have on with you this week? Bronco's back. Bob Bronco. Um, he's back. Uh, he was uh, he was unable to do the last one. Uh, so Ben was great. He was, he was, he was great to do it and he was great on the air. So it was a, it was a really good punch, but, uh, it was a one, two punch, I guess we got, but when the day moved, uh, couldn't do it anymore. Um, you know, I think the first instinct and it was mine was to get a, a former player and I knew Bob would be really good. Uh, just knowing him, he, he's, he's still in, in, in the area. He goes to games, um, really funny, really articulate, bright guy. And, and he's really good at it. And then he couldn't do it. And I'm going, well, you know, how many former players go to every game? Um, uh, Bronco goes to most. And, um, I said, I don't know. And then I started thinking, and I went, 
damn, Ben Grant might do. I wonder if he could do it because he knows he knows he knows the team as well as anybody in the media, mm-hmm. and probably better than anybody in the media, to be honest. That's um, why we so defer said, to him I, when, I, <laughs> for stuff. <laughs> well, you you know what I mean, though. So it's like uh, you know he 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 studies film on guys. Like he'll we'll sign a guy and then I'll hear their podcast and um you know he said well I I, I looked at film of him at you know uh, whatever A and M uh, and 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 yeah this is what I like this is what I don't like so I mean like the, the, the guy does his research and I thought okay. He's passionate about it. He knows the personnel. He can break down the plays and he knows, you know, he's got a good radio voice, obviously having come from that damned medium. And, um, <laughs> I, I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic. I think mean, it was great. So, um, I, I've, I've been lucky to have three guys do the games this year and they've all brought something different and they've all been just dynamite on the air. So, um, we'll be doing the game again, TSN 1050. If you can't make it there, or if you want to, uh, you know, stick in your earbuds and hopefully the, 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 the streaming isn't too slow and we're not four plays behind. Um, but, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, something you can do and listen to the game and hopefully learn a thing or three. <laughs> All right, Mike, want to thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, and, uh, well, we'll look forward to hearing the, uh, the replays, uh, of your call after the game when, uh, we win because well, we'll obviously be there. And and the next uh, the next time I come on, I want a wrestling intro too. You guys, you know, we we know somebody on your show. All right, it gets a wrestling intro, and and I am, you know, my name is Hogan. So right. there's that. You, you you got it. I will work on. I I want no a wrestling intro. Next time I come on the show. All right, you got it. Done deal. You got it. Guys, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. I know you guys are, are kind of the seniors at this in terms of, of fan pods, but uh, keep doing what you're doing. We really appreciate it in the organization and, and, and obviously the fact that you guys are there game in and game out, just showing us love. And uh, we love you right back. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. And that was Mike Hogan, Argonauts.ca, TSN 1050 Argonauts play-by-play man. All around good guy, and uh, maybe slightly more professional than us, I guess. Only because he's been doing it longer. A lot longer. <laughs> I mean, you you heard the man. 19, 1971 was his first time. I, I was 20 years later in 91. <laughs> um, I, I think my my first, I don't, I don't even remember my first CFL game. But I know my first... Argo's home game was in uh, 91 uh, when we first moved to Ontario. Mm. And that was back when the Dome would get, uh, you know, between 28 to 35,000 in there. Yeah. Yeah, I Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, my first exposure to the Argos was like late eighties, early nineties stuff. So, and I know that, uh, my, my first live game was, was back in the mid, was back in the mid nineties. And, uh, I remember Jeff Garcia, I remember it was, uh, Jeff Garcia's Calgary Stampeders came to town. Yeah. It was still fun. Yeah. 
Now you were a little bit later than me then for my first Argo game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, we, we, we kind of touched on stuff that the Argos need to do to beat Montreal. Um, in, in, in your mind, what do you think this team needs to do to beat Montreal? Hmm. Uh, try to slow down their weapons. Like, you, like we know they have the three-headed monster and Standback Fletcher and Antwi. We also know that they have airborne threats and Gina Lewis, Jake Wynicki. You're not going to stop them entirely. There's no, I mean, I don't think, I don't like, even with our defense, I don't, to totally shut them down, it's not going to be possible. No, and, and Trevor Harris, he's the king of high percentage passing plays. Exactly. So right? just try to slow them down if you can. That's, that's what I'm saying. Just try to slow them down. Yeah, I I think if they can at least cut out 50% of the balls over over 20 yards will be will be very good and then keep those hitch screens to under 5 yards which I think is a very doable with this team and with uh, how fast this this team pursues and that's on defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On offense, I mean, we, we need to make sure that McLeod Bethel Thompson has the time in the pocket. So we need to keep him clean. And I think we need to, uh, you know, honestly, like use the Hydra that we've got back there. You've got AJ Willette, you've got Andrew Harris, and you've got Javon Leak who can, uh, and haven't used Declan Cross that much at all either. Dan right? Like Dan out of Boboye as well in a pinch. Yeah. Um, and all of these people have shown they and, I don't even care if we're, you know, if it's a, you know a hundred yards rushing total, right? Because we're we're also looking at some of these the shovel passes, the the hitch screens, the things like that that are extensions of that running running play that are, you know, still going to keep that defense honest for the for the run play, and you know get these guys out there in space. Like you've got two guys who can just like obliterate people when they're running towards them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I, I was thinking like, okay, you know, I could, I, I could probably stand up and I would d- get destroyed, but it would, you know, I'd be able to kind of get in there and take the, take these hits after seeing Andrew Harris in the first half of the season. And, some of what uh, uh, omelette uh, was doing. Um, I still call him bowling ball <laughs> because that's what he does. Okay. He goes through and obliterates pins. He he's like a bulldozer on speed. 
I mean, it's a bulldozer. It's a bulldozer when you throw in the high octane diesel. (laughs) Oh man, and like when you amp up the turbos, he just kills people. And like that—that's Andrew Harris's calling card too. Like he's, you know, that big tough guy that. I think these Montreal DBs got to hope that uh, that their uh, linebackers can uh, can contain them, which I don't think they can. Mm-hmm. I I think you're right. I mean, I, I mean, they're. I mean, don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sell Montreal short on the defensive side of the ball, but we've. <laughs> We've got to, I mean, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very tall ask for them to stop us. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we talked off air with, with Mike about some of the, uh, the U sports stuff. And, uh, he, you know, as mentioned, you know, Western is a, is a very slow and methodical team and, you know, they just get in there and, go to work and grind everything out and go and, you know, get their, get their scores and just beat you. And honestly, we've seen this team be able to put together some of these nice, long, time-consuming drives. I really want to see more of that out of this team because that is, that is what is going to really demoralize Montreal and make and make their offense try to speed things up. And that's when tre- you get Trevor Harris in, in trouble. We should know we had him. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Trevor Harris is, is a fantastic, um, you know, high percentage passer. He, he can hit that, uh, that intermediate to, you know, shallow deep ball. Um, you know, he's great with, you know, pinpoint accuracy, but if you're forcing him to go over the top all the time, that's where he starts to lose some of it. And considering our defensive line, that's going to be happening a lot. So actually not just the defensive line, the front seven, considering the front seven, that's going to be happening a lot. Yeah. And he's and it's like he's not he's not as invulnerable he's not invulnerable. Yeah. Oh, and so while we're talking about these games, we might as well get our picks out of the way, and then we've got some other CFL moves to get into. Um, well, we've got the game uh, one o'clock in Toronto. You know. It, I, I think this is, you know, based on the way we've seen the, the teams play this year, head-to-head, this is probably going to be a relatively close game. <laughs> and, Relati- uh, so, so uh, actually, it's it, we shouldn't just go, for, we shouldn't go for the square. We should say, how many times is, how many times is Doug going to have a heart attack before the fourth quarter? Seven. Okay, that's, all Doug's right. Doug's going to have seven heart attacks. You know what? You know what? I'll you know what? I'll still take the under on that because I think I think I maxed out at about four. 
nope. <laughs> in the last in the clincher. So All right. so we're setting the over under for uh, for the heart attacks of Doug at uh, we'll say six and a half. I'm taking the over. You're taking the under. Will flip the coin. Flip the coin. Okay. Yeah, Give me yeah, a it's, it's it's uh. You guys do it with me when it comes to picks when I'm not here. So you guys, so do it for this one because he's not here. Okay, so we're gonna go heads for the over, tails for the under on hard tax because we're all picking Toronto to win. Yeah. So let's flip this coin, and Will is taking the over. Heads. <laughs> Doug, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll make sure we, you know, funnel some water down there. Uh, and, but uh, yeah, what do y'all better know CPR? <laughs> you don't need to give me mouth to mouth. Just, just do the chest compression. That's all I ask. <laughs> no, they've Lord. got, they've got some of those guys there. We've got enough of them. We'll just, you know what? What we'll do is we'll, you know, when when you're on about the the fifth or sixth one, we'll just throw the flag over the the Mastercard banner. They'll get security with training out there right away actually it's going to be league sponsors this time around so it's it, like so because yeah because a playoff because playoff sponsorship it's it's oh, yeah. league driven not argos driven okay. so so yeah we won't so we, we, i don't think the banner is going to be there all right well oh We'll figure something out. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't worry. We'll, okay. we'll make it. We'll make sure you stay alive for the entire game. Okay. Um, and then, uh, well, I mean, we did mention we were going to talk a little bit about uh, the West, and we've got BC and Winnipeg, and I mean, throughout this... the, the majority of the year, the Nathan Rourke led BC Lions and the Zach Caleros led Winnipeg Blue Bombers outside of Toronto have been the two best teams. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is, this is a, this is one of those good years where, where you got actually, where you actually have like the top four, like almost yeah. the top four teams in the league going at it. The top two in the East, top two in the West. I know there's going to be some, some, some people from Calgary saying, Oh, Calgary's better. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. Calgary lost. You guys lost. <laughs> You guys are going to the glue factory for the year, for so they 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 could have tanked if they wanted to and got the got the crossover, but they didn't. Oh no, that no, they could that wouldn't work because that means Saskatchewan would have had to win a couple more games. And that was then the honest that wasn't happening with that team right now. Um, but yeah, this they, like. Once again, this is a game that I that I really hope is uber physical, and these two teams just beat each other up because that's going to help us win the Grey Cup. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to mince words. I want every de- goddamn advantage I can get. So. Mhm. I. Yeah. Yeah. Let it be. Let it be highly physical. Let let him. Let it be an. Ap- let it be absolute trench war between those two. Um. 
and I mean, it's if you're a neutral, this is going to be a good game to watch. It should be, yeah. Because you're going to have two electric offenses going at it. You're going to have good, really good, two really good defenses going at it. So, like, if you're a neutral, this is going to be a good one to watch to see whom our opponent is going to be ultimately in Regina on the on the twentieth. Yes. yes, it's an early Grey Cup this year, mm. and it's still going to be minus thirty. It's still going to be minus 30 with snow on the ground. Well, I mean, you you, look, it was like 26 above last week in Saskatchewan. And, you know, it's going to be 26 below. (laughs) You know, it's it's great cup in Saskatchewan. You know, it that's what it's got to do. Right. Like, it's not rocket science. You know, they just they just turned off the hot weather. They just switch, you know. So, so more like the weather was just constantly cold and they had like a, and they had like a weather shield up <laughs> to keep it tolerable. Well, then when they, they, then they just said, Oh, football game coming. All right. It's great cup. All right. Turn it off. We got to save yep. energy. Click. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what it's like, but yeah, uh, on this game, it's hard to go against Winnipeg because they just, on paper, they shouldn't beat BC. But on paper, Winnipeg shouldn't beat a lot of teams. But they all—they are a championship team. They find a way to win. Now, that being said... Whether it's self-inflicted or not. Now, that being said, I'm picking BC to win this game. Hmm. I think the the elder of the uh, Canadian uh, Rourke brothers is uh, is going to have himself a day, and uh, yeah, I I think he's he's going to come out on top. You think this is going to be his 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 uh, breakout playoff performance? Yeah. Honestly, I hope that I hope the foot injury isn't going to bother him too much because I know he's still recovering from that, right? Yeah, and the weather may well he's he's got a plate in there that's supposed to uh, would it's supposed to help speed the healing, hmm. and then that plate's coming out in the off season. But so they got a bit of their own little two headed monster there with with Nathan and uh, Vernon Adams, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what you know what I I love me an underdog story. So I would like to pick BC because I think Winnipeg needs a punch in the mouth. They and need, they need to be sent back to reality a little bit here. And uh Will has actually sent through his picks. Um like I should have done all season, but no, my dumbass didn't do that. No, flipping the coin was fun. Um, yeah, he's I'll picking. Let, I'll let he's, he's picking Winnipeg. Um, but just for argument's sake, let's flip the coin for Will and see see what happens here. Oh, it's working for the New York Jets so far. 
So uh, heads, he's taken uh, BC. Tails, he's taken uh, Winnipeg. And the coin says? The coin agrees with his pick. He's taking Winnipeg. So what the hell? Will's a sorcerer. He's a goddamn wizard. (laughs) All right. We've got to figure out what wizarding school he goes into. (laughs) So, um, some other news in the CFL. Um, you know, we, we last week we talked about the, uh, the coaching vacancies in Saskatchewan. Um, but this week, something out of, uh, the, well, the, I guess the head office and, uh, and, uh, Edmonton, the CFL combine is expanding to five days. And it's uh, heading to Edmonton, uh, and their night, their fantastic facilities they have out there uh, at uh, Commonwealth State, the Commonwealth Stadium Fieldhouse. Uh, so that's March twenty second to twenty sixth, two thousand twenty three, the uh, New Era CFL Combine, and uh, they're adding. A specialized, and well, actually, no, they're they're also adding down in San Diego in January a kicking combine. That should be interesting. And uh, added on to this is the you know we they always have the regional combines, but they're going to have let's see I'm just reading this right now. they have a single invitational super regional combine at the University of Waterloo's uh, Faradum. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that last name. Fieldhouse in early March um, in place of the traditional West Ontario and East regional events. And the top players from the Super Regional in Waterloo will earn their way to the main event in Edmonton. Uh, they're, I be, and they're adding um, a few uh, additional testing things. Uh, so day one, players are going to take their, their medicals and their measurements and all that stuff. Day two, uh, we'll have traditional on and off field testing, including the 40-yard dash, bench press, etc., Day three, they'll have uh, three to five designated to for practice sessions involving individual drills and one-on-ones that have been conducted in years past and several new additions, including the pass skeleton, the inside run sessions, uh, and uh, it's, it, it'll get them a, a little bit more idea and i think this is going to be great for the scouts i'm not 100 percent sure on if the players are going to be super jazzed about it definitely the agents are probably not going to be super jazzed about it for most of them anyway uh but they'll also have cfl coaches will lead the positional groups and install offenses and defenses 
this going to be tough. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, years past, Doug, you, you like you're going to the combine. You know, you're doing the forty, the the uh, the shuttle run, the you know the usual all, stuff, the, the usual stuff, and then you, you've got some of these uh, you know one on ones stuff like. When was the last time you heard of an evaluation period where they're going to install actual offenses and defenses? First, I've heard of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially at a combine, because that, I mean, a combine is just supposed to get you, like, your basic stats. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I'm wondering if they, they get some homework ahead of time. Like, you, we know who's going. So. You know, do, do do they get these offenses and stuff ahead of time to try and learn them before they get to the combine? Yeah, you would figure that there would have to be like some like a standard playbook that they're going to have. You know what I mean? Like, like you wouldn't expect them to come in with like a play they pulled out of their hat in their junior year. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They would have to have like a they're probably going to have like a bog standard playbook that they're going to give to the court that they're going to give to the players to learn before they come in. They would have to. No. Yeah. And, and I think that's, a, that's a, going to be in itself. Another um, measurable that you, that uh, the scouts are going to be able to take away from that. Like how well did they pick up this, this, uh, this offense? How well did they pick up this defense? Ahead of, you know, drafting them and, and going to training camp and going, well, I hope these guys pick up this offense. Like, well, we know that this guy is pretty quick at picking things up because we saw it at the the, the, tra- the uh, combine. Yeah. So. Interesting. But, yeah, it's this is a big change. Yeah, I mean, it is like, like to me, this this is more. This is not necessarily a combine anymore. It's becoming more of a like a first year player show or a rookie showcase, you know. Rookie That's, showcase, a um, training camp to make it into the draft. A training camp before a real training camp. Well, it's it's not like OTAs or anything like that, but this is like this is some serious shit mm. that they they've they've added. So good luck to uh, to all the players that uh, that are going to get invited to the super regional, and then all the players that get invited from the super regional to the uh, the CFL Combine in Edmonton in March. Good luck to you all. Now, I think that's about all the regular CFL news we have. So, it is time for this. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. 
been a while since I've done this. <laughs> <laughs> um, first thing I should mention is uh, shout out to the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, because he had Jason and Pinball at Nathan Phillips Square recently. I think it was. I actually think it might have been today. It was. And uh, they raised the Ar- they raised the Argos flag and presented presented our illustrious general manager with a proclamation saying that November thirteenth is going to be Toronto Argonauts Day in the city of Toronto. So, if you're an Argo fan in Toronto, the GTA or anywhere for that matter on the 13th wear your double wear your double blue gear it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the hell you're doing wear your double blue gear come sunday so that's the first so that's the first thing i got but you know you know let's let's just get right into it let's just go straight to kazakhstan cuz there was some <laughs> He was, oh my God, he was so on fire. He was so on fire after, <laughs> after the. <laughs> Pretty much all all week he's been on fire. Oh yeah, he's re- he's really really he's been really good. Uh, been more savage on usual than usual. Yeah. Um, the one that that uh, I thought was great, and I think um. This is where I think Google Translate um, errors out in getting the full context, but makes things a little bit better when you're translating them into English. Um, Men of the Argonauts, it is necessary to reach the climax of physique. Drink yak milk. It is mixed with vodka, but not too much. Make love to your woman in a passionate and caring fashion. Don't change your schedule. Be ready to win. Poignant. <laughs> Absolutely poignant. He also answered the uh, the annual uh, sex question. You know, like, yeah, ha- have sex before the, the game. I don't care. The, the, the shaky, the shaky hunt question. Yeah. Uh, there was hang on that's not that's not a good one this one here okay yeah this this As a, okay, this was an answer that he put up to a to a to a question. This and this was just a couple hours. This was just a couple hours ago. The question on the question was the, from Steve Johnson. This is not to diminish to, to diminish or take away from them at all. The Toronto Argonauts have amazing fans. Thank you very much, Steve. But what is one thing they could make that they could do to to make the CFL bigger in Toronto? Brandon Anton replied. Yak milk and vodka for three of your Canadian dollars. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, that, 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 I think I think that'll 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 bring us in. That'll that'll make that'll make me interested. Actually, I'd, I'd probably try that for three for three for for a toonie and a loonie. Why the hell not? Yak milk and vodka. Why are we've been doing these things for so long, and we we look at yak milk vodka, and like now we've been seeing it so often. I'm like, I kind of want to try that now. Um, there was another one, uh, on a, uh, restaurant in, uh, well, a restaurant, uh, that claims to have the, uh, best wings in Toronto. Um, he, he said, uh, Hey, uh, Gary Stern, uh, or anyone else in the know. Can I watch the Montreal Alouettes beat the Toronto Argonauts from Florida on Sunday? Any streaming channels? And her friend Anton took this as, you know, meaning he's, uh, this restaurant uh, restaurateur has a, a thing to cheer against the Argos. Uh, you can see the Argos beat the birds from Montreal. Maybe Netflix has a French feature film that wins the, that wins the Montreal Argos, but it's going to be non-fiction series. <laughs> and, and I don't even care that some of these, the, that, that he's, and this is where it kind of leads into the people like Anton may be le- seriously a legitimate guy in Kazakhstan. Cause sometimes he did sounds like he doesn't quite get the nuance of some English. It's like it's like how dare you how dare you assume that he that he's the burner of somebody else. I honestly think this guy this, this guy is awesome. I don't care. I, I don't yeah I I really don't care if. Uh... Yeah. Um. So, the other one that. Uh... Back on November 7th, Peter Diakowski put up a poll. Now <laughs> that Canada's team, the Ticats, has been eliminated, who were you backing to win the Grey Cup? And uh, his options were the BC Lions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes, or other. And our friend Anton replied, but Canada is full of winners. Dot dot dot. Not the tie cats. <sighs> for some, for someone who he, oh, hold on. What was he? What was he on? What was that show he was on again? Oh, Canada's smartest person. Oh. Well, the fa- the fact that he played for Hamilton for so long, I really, really, really doubt that. <laughs> Unless the money was really good, and I mean, well, <laughs> unless the money was really good, why? The, why? I mean, Brandon Banks even left because of their shit. <sighs> so 
So did Jader. So did Jagera Davis, for that matter. Yep. He he had a field day replying to uh, Gary Stern. Um, I, you know what? I don't. You know what? Here's the thing. I know Gary Stern is, was putting up an act saying, "Oh, we're gonna crush the Argos or whatever." That's right? his saying job. We, He's supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. That's his job. It's like it's it's like to me, he's like the pro wrestling heel. It's it's your it's his job to make you hate him. It's yeah. his job to get heat. It no. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go out there and like chuck a some chuck something at him when he comes when he, when he comes out there, right? But it's very but I mean, we need more guys like him in the league. Honestly, Gary Stern, you know, the, the fact that he's he goes out there and, and he makes his statements and he, you know, comes in and, you know, yeah, I said that. And, he doesn't and, back down from them. I you find know? it funny. I find it funny because he makes these grandiose statements and then like Cobra Commander, he trips and falls flat on his face. But yeah. he owns it. But he owns it. That's the best part. Yeah. Um, now, getting back to uh, to the Kazakhstan gold here. Um, Gary Stern tweeted out friends of pinball and there are millions of them. Damn straight. Uh, come out to the game. Cheer them on. Be there for pinball. He will need lots of Kleenex and lots of consoling. Al's win. Argos fans. I think he means I think he mean either I think he means one at a time. One at a time. Uh, you might have mistyped that one. Yeah, one at a time, Twitter, you coming to the game. And Anton replied, Mr. Stern. You are a well-respected host, but he will lose on Sunday. Like a U2 song, Bloody Sunday. Mm. Mighty Pinball is great, but it's competitive and it's fantastic. And not like Ticat Fiction, a true fantasy to win. Be careful. <laughs> uh, he... he for somebody that's halfway on the other side of the world, he does get it. He really gets it. He does get it. <sighs> and uh, and our and our friend Todsky Football has retired the pork rankings for the year. Yeah, we thank we thank him for his service, and we hope they come back next year because that was that was that was some good stuff. We're gonna we have hope. to we're gonna have to bring him on one one time. And uh, just just to, you know, give us his his his, have him present the uh, the pork rankings. Oh, that would be great. I think I think I think he would love to do that. All right. Well, we'll, so I I got some homework, too. I got I got to get got to get Totsky football for next year. Mm -hmm. And I got to get the wrestling intro from Mike Hogan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I think we'll have some time for that. So, yeah. And I'm working on some stuff for our Great Cup preview show, no matter what happens. Which I will be a part of as well. So yes. It might be two, it might be two weeks until until after Great Cup for us to do it, but <laughs> but at least I'll be around for the preview. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right, I guess that does it for the fan cast. Um, you know, it's funny, but when 
Will and I are doing the show, we tend to, you know, come in just under an hour. When you and I are are, are doing the show, it's like nobody, what, an hour and a half. Yeah, there's nobody there to like, and it's not like Will ever stops us, but you just feel like because because. You know, I'm the oldest of the three of us, but Will in the soul is older than the three of us, is the oldest of the three of us. Mm. And you feel like you got to just, you, you, you know, you can't disappoint dad. I could. <laughs> <laughs> and I have. <laughs> Repeatedly uh, and often. <laughs> all right. That does it for the Argos fan cast this week. Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. At Doug B519, you can find the Double Blue Order at Section 116 coming up on Sunday. You can also find us in the South Parking Lot at BMO Field. We're going to, I'm going to be personally getting there before sunrise. But uh, you can also find us if you're, if you're not, if you're not, well, you better be coming to the game. But let's just say you can't make it or whatever. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can also come over to the to the Double Blue Order uh, gift shop or merch store, whatever. And get yourself a law get yourself a law firm T-shirt because you need to support our quarterback, the law firm of McLeod Bethel and Thompson. All at DoubleBlueOrder.ca. And uh, if you're looking for Will, you can find him at Argo Fans on Twitter. And uh, ArgoFans.com, great uh, place to chat with uh, like-minded double blue folk on all things Argo and CFL related. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the various social media machines. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast. Anyway, find me friends in the neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast or go directly to theargosfancast.podbean.com. I want to thank Mike Hogan for joining us this week. Always great to have him. And we'll get your wrestling intro, Mike. Go Argos. All the way to the great time. Cheers, everyone. Hold together, everybody.